0: And it's so sweet how he helps her kill him with the blade to the heart because she's too weak. So Satan's just like, here, let me help you stab him to death.
1: <laughs> Aw, we love that morally gray shit. <laughs> What's up good girls and guys, welcome to the Juiciest Book Podcast, where we discuss our favorite spicy stories from cutesy romance to smut and all the fantasy in between. I'm Carly. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to Read It and Ride It. (laughs) Let's go, baby. (laughs) I love how at the end of the last episode, we simultaneously said, come back next week to listen to Iron Flame Bitches. <laughs> How did I know that you were going to say bitches? That was totally unplanned. I feel like I just read your face and I was like, oh, this is the vibe. I'm I'm it. Yeah,
0: this is where we're going. <laughs> we are obviously very excited to be back this week and covering the infamous Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. This is going to be part one of that book because there is so much to go through. No Mm -hmm. way can we fit it all into one episode. Mm -mm. Iron Flame is the second book and the sequel to Fourth Wing, which if you didn't reread it before Iron Flame, go ahead and go back to our previous episodes and you can check it out there. Part one and part two, review it, then go into Iron Flame because trust me, You need that review.
1: (laughs) Also, we do have some theories at the end of that episode that play into this episode as well, and we'll explain them regardless. But it's interesting to see what we came up with that came true or was rebuttal. Also, check out our new bookish merch shop on Etsy, .etsy www.readitandwriteitshop.etsy.com, or use the link in our bio. That was kind of a tongue twister.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And without further ado, let's get into our ratings. Overall, this one was a 4.5 out of 5 for me. And uh, this book was honestly amazing. I was reading it and I was like, I don't want this to end. Like I am thoroughly entertained. Like I think Mm -hmm. I felt every emotion while I was reading this. I was laughing, kicking my feet because I was so giddy. (laughs) I had so much anxiety. It made me so happy. I did I was like, I don't want this to end because I don't even know when the third book's coming out. Right. It's like, I, it was just great. And she killed it because you never know if the sequel is going to be as good as the first book because I really loved Fourth Wing. And the only reason I didn't five out of five it is because of the ending, which we'll discuss later, but it just really irked me. (laughs) (laughs) worked <laughs> for various reasons which I know it's a book and like there's supposed to be drama but I was just like unnecessary didn't need
1: this and now I'm like yeah so stressed for what's to come I mean we try not to talk about the books too much before we start recording because we want to naturally have a conversation about it but We both were kind of texting like, chest pain. I have chest pain. (laughs) I can't comprehend this ending. I don't want to comprehend
0: it. It's literally one of those endings that you think about for like a few days. Like I didn't read any other books for a few days because my mind was just spinning on like, where is this going to go? And then you hear more theories and then you're like, holy shit. Okay. Like. Really, what is Rebecca Yaros going to do do? like she better be on it right now writing like the fourth book and already Mm -hmm. have the third one done because I can't wait. Like we need a new book out every six months. Like we got to finish this.
1: Do you ever just, you know, you lay in bed at night trying to fall asleep. And do you ever just remember that last chapter and like have an an anxiety spike and you're like, nope, I'm not sleeping.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because then I'm like, I just don't. I need I need all the answers because yeah. obviously there's still so many open-ended things in this book and I'm just like I need to know what's true and what's not true. Right. <laughs> That's why it's so dangerous
1: to start these series, these fantasy series especially that are not complete. But I still gave it a 5 out of 5 cuz I was never bored. There was always something happening and the action and smut scenes were amazing. And I'm pretty sure I'll end up rereading this book, which oh, is really. Oh, for sure. Right. Which is really what makes it a five out of five. And I'm constantly thinking about it.
0: I yeah, mean, I, I'm still thinking about it. And I finished it like almost two, three weeks ago now. Like, right. it just it, is
1: ingrained in right. my head. <laughs> Sitting at Thanksgiving dinner. Fuck, Zayden.
0: <laughs> Literally. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of fuck, the smut. <laughs> That was awesome. It was like about 3.5 to 4 out of 6 because not necessarily all of the spicy scenes were sex, but they were fucking steamy Mm -hmm. and the smut definitely took a step up in this book. It was so fucking good and there was more of it in this one than there was in fourth wing which, for me, very much appreciated. Thank you, Rebecca. Arles. Yeah. Your little smile. <laughs> exactly.
1: I knew you would appreciate it. I was like, Carly's loving this. Dude,
0: even their fucking kissing, dude. I was like, oh I feel God. like I'm having sex right dude, now. Dude, like,
1: I'll get into that because there was one scene in particular where I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so world building again is a four out of five. It's an unknown world with a detailed map, dragons, magic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The
0: humor was a 4 out of 5. This shit was funny. Like I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff. Yes. And it's not like one character is like the comedic relief mm-hmm. only and they're saying like multiple people had shit that was funny.
1: Oh yeah, there was this one part in particular Where Justsenia goes, people are trying to kill you, and Violet's like, "It's a Thursday (laughs) for real." (laughs) Even just casual little pieces like that are hilarious. Yeah, the sad scale was a four out of five.
0: I cried like the mom dying at the end. totally surprised me. I, I, I was just like sitting
1: there sobbing, like, "What the fuck, dude?" I think this is the first time that you actually cried and I only teared up. Like, I did have tears fall, but I was not bawling. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It just... That's funny. Maybe you were a little more emotionally into it or something. This
0: book, I specifically, like, tried to be Kind of invested in everyone more because before, like I I said in our fourth wing, right? But I wasn't like emotionally attached to Liam because all I cared about was Zayden and Violet fucking, Mm -hmm. which I admitted (laughs) in fourth wing. And so this book, I was like, all right, everyone is
1: getting my full attention this time. I think the action for this one was also a five out of five because, in addition to death and bloodshed. Throughout this entire book, there is also a full-blown war scene with a super high death count on both sides at the end. So Agreed. easily a five out of five. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, fluff scale, four out of five. Definitely we're getting to a meant-to-be-love with multiple giddy moments. You're just swooning throughout. <laughs> yeah, Zayden has some fire
0: ass lines in this like even like paragraphs that he says where I was just like holy shit Mm -hmm. I need someone to say this
1: to me yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) I definitely highlighted some solid sections of him just confessing his love and I'm like I'm melting this man
0: (laughs) We start out with this excerpt in the beginning that's almost like a trigger warning, and it ends with Prepare to join the
1: revolution. I was like, Let's fucking go. I'm so hype. <laughs> like, I was so about this. Okay, here's what's weird I didn't even see that because I, again, not patient enough for the physical copy, got the ebook. And the ebook, at least on Kindle, did not have it. Which is, that's very disappointing because it basically
0: lists out like, okay, this book has dragons, this book has death, this Mm -hmm. book has sexual activities, which thank you very much. (laughs) Also, again, it did not disappoint. Fucking cough, cough, that throne scene Mm. though. Mm -hmm, Let's fucking mm.
1: get it. It just like made it hype and it amped you up yeah yeah so i, I didn't get that we I'm definitely, definitely of
0: disappointed. are gonna post it oh yeah on our instagram because you guys need to see it because if you have the ebook and you didn't read it it kind of just like set the tone and the vibe for what was to come damn like you're like hell
1: yeah let's, let's go. fucking get it
0: <laughs> right in the beginning of the first chapter again we get that little part where it's saying that Jasenia has translated and recording all that's happened through history just like it did in fourth wing which in fourth wing didn't realize it in the beginning now I'm looking out for it it was there again hello anxiety yeah. going up like immediately it makes me so stressed out because I feel like everyone's just gonna fucking die in the end like right. why does it have to be it's almost like it's
1: cryptic it's like why yeah <laughs> So much stress, but at least we know she lives. Thank God, because I think we got a little more attached to her character in this book, and she did put herself in danger a couple times. Right, but every time she was in danger, I'm like, okay, no, because she has to translate this war and everything, <laughs> dude. So what she's if
0: chilling. like she's been translating it this whole time, and like, and she can still fucking die? Shut
1: the fuck up, Carly. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Now I'm scared for her. Damn it! I know. All right. So we start in Arisha. And qu- quick disclaimer: because I don't know if I actually just said that town right. We tried looking up the how to pronounce the names of everything, like Tarn or Sejal or Arisha, where Brennan has been this whole time, apparently alive. We're gonna do our best, but no promises it's pronounced right because we got different pronunciations yeah. from different people. Also,
0: we're like. The most valley-sounding girls, if you've listened to (laughs) our podcast. We're not specialty language people, so... We're not linguists. You just gotta
1: figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, apologies if we're mispronouncing this, Rebecca Yaros, but still love you. Anyways, it starts out in Arisha at Reorson House slash Fortress. That's never fallen because they say... Stone doesn't burn, even though the city was burned down.
0: I love how we start out and it says revolution tastes sweet. Like Mm -mm -mm. just confirming that, yes, we are here for the revolution. Also, not a fucking rebellion this time. This is a motherfucking revolution. We're doing the right shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tarn speaks to her. In her mind. And it's like, I too think you should eat something because she is like in the kitchen with Brennan trying to eat something. Yeah. But immediately just like hearing him in
1: her mind, I was like, yes, my grumpy daddy is back. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited. So Violet ends up spying on the council meeting with Imogen and Bodhi. And Brennan is revealed to be a lieutenant and council member as well as he's changed his name to... Esri which close enough close enough yeah and it's to hide his identity because obviously his mom you know first of all she's on the opposite side but secondly a lot of people still think he's dead but what I really loved is that his new last name in Tirish stood for resurrected what a cool little like Bombed. Little tid in there. Yeah. (laughs) Boom, bitch. I'm alive. (laughs) And Zayden finally shows up. Which I was expecting with how the last
0: book ended that he would be there. But then we open this book and he's like not around. I'm like, what where where is he? We're not he's not just like hanging around this whole time, like because he was by her the basically the entire time that she was down in the last book, waiting for her to wake up. And then all of a sudden, he's not there. And I was like, I need him in my life. Like, why is his name not on the first page of the book? (laughs) Like, I was disappointed. (laughs) But one thing I love about this book is how descriptive Violet gets about how hot Zayden is because she's looking in at him at the council. And this is the first time that she's seeing him, at least, you know, after she's woken up, seeing Brennan, blah, blah, blah. And one of them is she goes on this little tangent in her mind about how good looking he is, even though he has had this lack of sleep and then goes, and that's all physically perfect. And that's his, just a his space. Yes, <laughs> I was living
1: for the visuals.
0: Also, we can't forget that we left off on the cliffhanger in fourth wing that she's pissed at him and says, you know, I don't love you anymore, blah, blah, blah. But then in this scene, after describing how fucking hot he is, goes, I'm pathetically in love with him. Not loved, love. So you're like, yes. Okay, team Zayden, like we Mm -hmm. still have a chance because honestly, was worried going into this book.
1: Right, people were saying, oh my God, you know, this is only the first and second book. How are they going to stay together? It's going to be, you know, he's not the one kind of shit. Or is it going to be another slow burn? So glad that wasn't the case. And Zayden is clearly on her side still as well because he instantly stands up for her against the council who wants to lock her up, saying she's a liability. But because he's so powerful and it's his house, they seem to respect him. Yeah, I feel bad for her in this
0: scene for two reasons. Because everyone looks at her and she's like, who do they see, Lilith's daughter or Brennan's sister? obviously the former they're looking at her as oh you're the general's daughter which don't really understand that because she just bought the fucking wyvern for them and is also brennan's sister. so it's like uh, you can't trust her at all like there should be at least a little street cred that she has at this point yeah. which they totally don't give her at all and then reason two is she's like is that all I am to my brother Zayden's weakness because their lives are tied together. So if he dies, she dies kind of thing. And I'm just like, no, Violet, like you're strong and you're important on your own. And I feel like this book does a good job of showing to not only him, but everyone, especially on the rebellion side, like she is fucking here to stay Mm -hmm. and she makes the biggest difference honestly
1: yeah there's two things in particular they need that they don't have and she can get for them one being the forge for the weapons they need to fight and two scribes they don't even have a single fucking scribe and hello she grew up thinking she was going to be a scribe so not only is she an asset but she has friends that are scribes that she can get involved in the revolution
0: Yeah, and honestly, scribes are one of the most important parts of this whole thing. Like, knowledge is power. That's what we learned last book. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that the rebellion people kind of, like, didn't want to get involved or, you know, couldn't find a back door to try and, you know, like, find a scribe that was on the good side, like how she used Jesenia later on. I was kind of like, okay, this is definitely a big mistake that you're making, and at the end of this kind of showdown with the council. council, they come out, blah, blah, blah. She finally ends up having a conversation with Brennan, which I was like, oh, how the fuck did it take this long to have conversation with him? I would have saw him, you know, like she did. She woke up, started crying, shit my pants. And then I would have started asking a million questions right away. I can't believe it took her this long to start doing it. But <laughs> honestly, Huge knowledge drop and a lot of super important stuff was mentioned. So first, just as we expected, the leadership are fucking selfish pricks and they don't want to help anyone outside of the border. And Violet even says later on, like they won't take war with civilians, but they won't help save them either. It's like you're either behind our wards or like you're beyond it and you're fucked.
1: Pretty much. Brennan also claims he left because he couldn't live a lie and look their mom, Lilith, in the eye and listen to her justify that cowardice. Except at the same time, he left Mira and Violet there to live that lie. So I get Violet being pissed. And at this point, Mira still doesn't know Brennan is alive. So it's just like messy. And Brennan chooses to believe that their dad didn't know the truth. But I think he did because the fable book and he was a scribe.
0: Yeah, I I honestly think when Brennan was like, you know, I'm choosing to believe that he's not is just kind of an ignorance is bliss situation because I think they always looked at their mom as this kind of like bad figure like not that she was evil not that they knew any of those things but she was also like this hard person and then the dad always had the opposite personality and he was like the loving parent and he was always you know kind of around and he's also dead so there I feel like he just doesn't want to bring like any shame to his name and be like yeah okay like I feel like if my dad knew like he would have told me or led me to the truth versus like the mom just totally concealing everything.
1: Violet also in this conversation drops some knowledge on Brennan that one, the werven are created, not hatched. Two, the fable book is completely accurate. And three, killing a venon also kills the werven it's created.
0: In this conversation, I honestly found it pretty concerning how little the people of the revolution knew about venon and wyvern. And now, like Violet has already figured out a bunch of stuff about them between her one interaction that she's had in that battle, and then also the fables from her childhood. Like Brennan, I'm pretty sure you were reading like the same book, but it's fine. And then I also found it interesting that they had only known about Wyvern for a few months, like. Did all of a sudden the venom just start making them again and they're popping up or did they just were they just hiding them like that part kind of confused me a little bit too. We also find out that in Orisha they do have a ward stone that doesn't work. And it's like, why is no one pressing this issue within the revolution to fix it? And Brennan is basically shutting down the idea of making it work again because Violet hears that and she's like, well, why the fuck aren't we trying to make the Wardstone work? Right. And he's basically saying that, you know, the archives, which is where they would most likely find the information on how to make it work again, is enemy territory and weapons are the only thing that can help them win. And I'm just like, okay, I get the hesitation of not wanting to go into the archives because it's pretty fucking messy in there. But seriously, like the weapons are not going to help you win the war. They're going to help you fight battles. But to win the war, like we need that ward stone up. Like why wasn't this something that they were going after harder?
1: Yeah, that stressed me out, too. At this point, Violet still can't shield and shouldn't be seeing all of this information, all of the revolution side of things, because they do think they're going to go back to Basgate, and Dane could read her mind again. D- fucking Dane. Like, I'm looking forward
0: to a fucking beatdown. His name got mentioned immediately
1: triggered into anger. Oh, yeah. At this point, I still hated his guts. And we get Teenage Antarna. I love how freaking sassy she
0: is. Her character is just so amazing, this so, book. So, so cute. I mean, she was cute the first one,
1: too, she but she's even better. She cute the first
0: one, and now she's, like, just funny and cute.
1: Yeah, she's a teenager. <laughs> so they say that she's about half the size as Sagal now with a scorpion tail and scales that are so deeply black, they glimmer almost purple or iridescent. Two things. One, I instantly thought, so Reese's eyes, right? Yeah, Hello. totally. Wink, wink at Akatar. Mm-hmm. Two, just remember this quote because this is the first time this is dropped—a mention about how her scales kind of shimmer. I didn't think too much of it at the first time because I was like, oh, maybe when they first change from a feather tail, they're just kind of shiny. But it's mentioned again later, and that's when we're kind of like, okay, wait. Yeah. Rebecca Yaros is not mentioning this twice for nothing.
0: That is exactly. There's so many parts of this book where I was like, she never just gives you a small bit of information. Like, it no. all has to mean something. So I hung right. on to,
1: like, every little thing that she said this book. Same. And then lastly, it's mentioned that Indarna has to go into the dreamless sleep. And so they need to get her back to the Vale. So they all end up
0: deciding that they will go back to school. And this is basically because they were worried about the people killing off the other rebel children. And also they needed to continue to smuggle supplies and Garrick and Zayden also needed to graduate, and the others were basically like, okay, we're going to continue with school, and we're just going to keep this secret with the plan that Zayden had devised
1: for them. Finally, her and Shadow Daddy speak (laughs) alone again. (laughs) This is the moment we've been waiting for, people, okay? So Zayden in this book is way more open and funny. I instantly noticed it. He says something like, And we're not intimate because I can think of more than one occasion that I've had you wrapped around, and she cuts him (laughs) off. (laughs) So good. Also, trust issues are one of the main focuses of their fights. Violet pops off, and this conversation is like, Brennan let me mourn his death for six years. My oldest friend stole my memories and sent me to die. And my mother built an entire life on a lie. Like, shit. Yeah. We were already not looking good for
0: Team Zayden in the beginning. But I was definitely holding out hope because we all know that dick is good, people. Like, Mm. (laughs) we're going to get there. Don't worry. (laughs) But, I mean, I get that there's... A lot of lying. She's questioning everything. And he just goes this route of selective truths and just wants her to guess all of the questions that she needs to basically ask. And then he's like, oh, yeah, like maybe I'll tell you. But, you know, I'm always going to keep secrets from
1: you. Like I just big fucking L for Zayden right in the beginning. Like I said, the secret thing and the truths and the lies are just a mess. This book. But anyways, they go to Basketh, and Violet gets the letters Liam wrote to his sister for Rhiannon to hide, which I fucking love her for this.
0: It made me so happy. And I love when they roll up on Old Atos. So that's what we're calling Dane's dad because I don't give a fuck what his title is. He's Old Atos- Fucking asshole guy. Old, saggy ball piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, we hate him. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's announcing their names on the death roll, <laughs> and Zayden
1: just walks in, like, Well, this is awkward. <laughs> like, boom, <laughs> we're back from the dead, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's also definitely confirmed that General Sorengale did not know about the war games, and she is pissed. She pops off at Old Atos.
0: Yeah, this is where I was like, okay, maybe she's not
1: evil evil. Yeah, this is the first moment where you're like, okay, maybe. However, Old Atos is evil. (laughs) (laughs) Very evil. He's being super sus right away saying, they're lying. But then like he is lying since he obviously knows about the Venom. So it was very contradicting.
0: Yeah, I was just like, why are you keep saying that, like hinting that they're lying? Because then it just puts you in a situation where you're lying. Right. So you just look you like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Right. They walk away from this conversation. Mean and Atos
1: <laughs> is basically
0: like, okay, then get in formation and let's graduate. And Violet's like, All handled, Dane. And I was immediately like, yes, okay, a swift kick to the balls at least. Like, Mm -hmm. I need physical assault on this man. But, you know, I did settle for a verbal one and it was fantastic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This piece of shit instantly tries to touch your face. I was so. Glad. Violet made a scene out of it. Like, touch me and I swear to God, I'll cut your fucking hands off and let the quadrant sort you out in the next round of challenges, Dane. I was like, ooh. And Zayden's like, violence indeed. (laughs) Cute goosebumps.
0: (laughs) Also fucking confirmed that he did read her mind because at the end, Zayden says Athenbine, which is the place that they went to for the war games. And dane immediately looks
1: guilty as shit so oh, yeah
0: you're immediately like okay yep confirmed you're a fucking piece of shit fuck you mm-hmm.
1: now it's just i hope okay. you die Yep,
0: <laughs> i'm still there i'm still there people right at this point i was like yep you could fucking die and i wouldn't
1: give one shit dane <laughs> right and now it's just okay how much did he reveal though right we'll get into him later <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got a lot to say They celebrate graduation by getting wasted. And honestly, I think Violet does this more because she's just trying to numb the sting of betrayal from Zayden and Brennan and having to now lie to her friends because she can't tell Re or Sawyer or Roger or any of them. Right, are they blocking their
1: minds? Probably not. No,
0: and also they were like, don't know if they would be on the good side True. or not.
1: So there's
0: just a bunch going risk on it. with that. Yeah, and she sees Zayden one more time before he goes to Samara, which is the outpost that he's going to be at now that he's graduated, basically, which is the farthest station away. And then you also find out that Now they can only see each other every seven days, which the longest turn and Sejal have been apart is three days. So I'm just like, what the fuck? How are they gonna make this work?
1: Totally on fucking purpose. And it's constantly mentioned that humans don't make decisions for dragons. So Yeah, I know. I was
0: like, why isn't Tarn just barbecuing everyone in fucking leadership? Like, right. (laughs) He he is the dominant one. Yes. He is the alpha. (laughs) The sexual tension in this scene. mm, And (laughs) just the fact that, you know, Violet's not. But, I mean, Violet's kind of like, yeah, I'll sleep with you, but, you know, I'm not going to love you. And Zayden's like, okay, no, that's not going to happen. Like, You're going to sleep with me again, but you're also going to tell me that you love me. And he says, don't worry. The anticipation will be good for us. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess me too, buddy. See,
1: and I was the opposite. I was like, lame, <laughs> just fuck already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mean Atos, dad Atos. Old Atos.
1: Old Atos. Saggy ball Atos.
0: (laughs) Gets bumped out to a faraway post as well. Not Samara, but a different one as punishment. But of course, he leaves on a threatening note saying that Mira's life is basically hanging in the balance if Violet fucks up and says something about the wyvern and the venom. And... Also, can we just talk about how he's never, like, mentioned again? Like, his character is not there anymore. Which I'm like, he just disappeared off the face of the fucking planet? Like, where did he go?
1: Here's the thing. That is such a good point because, yeah, like, he sends assassins and whatever, but he never is physically there. We get he's at the outpost. But what about when they had the fucking war at the end? I don't think he even was mentioned in that. he didn't. And that's what makes it
0: more sus yeah like what are you doing why aren't because melgren like
1: came and you know called everyone in and he's the to go. leader and the head of dragons. so like what about his dragons your dragon not care about the leader dragon as well as the human doesn't care about human leaders it's like i mean i think i have a reason for that but we'll, we'll get, get into, into it, it in the okay. theories but it's just what the like fuck? super weird We also find out that Ree is the new squad leader, but Dane is the new wing leader. Barf. For real. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. And the Book of Brennan is still coming in clutch. He mentions in the book for your second year, it's one thing to cross the parapet your first year, but watching countless candidates lose their life your second year feels a little like dying too. Don't watch if you can help it. All of those little snippets at the intros of each chapter, which that one was one of those intro quotes, are so important. Dude, yeah. After last book, I paid
0: way more attention to them this time. And later on, they actually play into some of our theories. So it's like, Yeah, do not skimp on those. Like you can not only do you need to read like the paragraph, you need to read where it's from and who wrote it to. Yes. All of the parts are so important. Like we said, Rebecca Yaros does not skimp on any details. Like you have to pay attention. And one of the things that was addressed in this part as well, which was one of the major theories that we had in Fourth Wing, was that potentially Violet's mom had started the storm on the parapet and wanted Violet to die. But – Vi says that, you know, my mom wouldn't have called a storm to kill me like a coward, but she sure as hell wouldn't have stopped it to save her, which don't know if Rebecca Yaros was just hearing all these theories and purposefully wrote that in because it feels like a very specific like thing that we were all thinking. Yeah. And then it's rebuttaled. Yeah. I'm glad that it was like, okay, because then it still plays into the thing. Like, is Violet's mom a good person?
1: Yeah, I mean, she also didn't get rid of any of the stuff in Violet's old room, which is kind of unexpectedly sentimental. So I'm Mm -hmm. on the same track as you at this point. I'm kind of like, okay, she might be decent. We're not 100% sure yet because obviously she's still done some sketchy ass shit and knows the truth. But regardless... Maybe she does love her children, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We also get a really important new recruit in the first years. His real name is Cam, but he goes by Eric. And he is King Tari's third son who snuck in as a volunteer. And he fucking knows the truth. His dad isn't doing shit. And his guards have all those alloy daggers. So he was like, nah, dude, I'm getting a dragon.
0: Yeah. And missing, <laughs> I was immediately triggered to be like, is this another love interest? Like, is Violet going to be a cougar? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because she does know him. So they have that exactly. instant kind of they connection. had
0: some fucking banter. Oh, lordy, You know, but I'm still here for Shadow Daddy. So I'm just saying. Yeah. There's some fan art of this man. And he is definitely yum, yum, DTF. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Salone is shows up, and uh, I was so happy. And then I was like, "Oh shit!" Like she fucking hates Violet. And she's like, "I know what really happened. You got my brother killed." And I was
1: like, "Okay, bitch, square up. I will fucking fight you. You don't know shit." <laughs> Violet also just being ironically not the instantly violent type even though her nickname's Violet. (laughs) Just accepts the situation. And I thought it was so cute when she gets across the parapet and she looks up toward the damn sky and is like, she made it, Liam. The, like, mentions of Liam in this book, it fucking hurts. It gets
0: every every time. Like, I'm kind of getting emotional right now just thinking about him. Dane ends up trading Sloane into their squad as well, kind of – you know, trying to show a peace offering thing. And I, again, I don't give a shit what you do. No redemption, Dane. Fuck you. Like, don't <laughs> even try
1: with me. Really important new character is introduced, especially in part one of this book. Varish, who is the new major taking Saggy Ball Atos' place. <laughs> After he fucked, <laughs> I can the saggy ball ethos is just so good. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> oh yeah, well we don't like this guy either. Yeah, no, he's instantly an asshole, and he pissed me off when his dragon roasts those runners and takes out at least half of third squad. Like this place is already hard enough, and those fuckers were not even first years that he roasted. Like, oh, I was just so mad. And then Kyron gets killed in the blast, which is the first time it's obvious they're targeting the relic marked and Violet, which is everyone who was in Resin. But then, shout out, Taryn threatening that asshole dragon. He just comes and is like, rah! (laughs) (laughs) And he does that like snake head swivel thing. And I was like, ooh, he's pissed.
0: Rhiannon mentions to Violet at one point that she thinks this school is hiding something in the healer quadrant, which I feel bad for Rhi because she can definitely tell that Violet came back from the war games and isn't telling her something and is acting different. She's not hanging out with her. I mean, they're best friends. She knows how she is normally. Exactly. So when she, you know, mentions this, I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, this is an in for you. Like she obviously is not. You know, with the school, like she thinks they're sus, but she didn't tell her anything at that point. So kind of disappointed.
1: We'll talk about that a little more later (laughs) because I do have some things to say about that. But we get back on the mats for practicing and challenges. And of course, Salone wants to fight Violet right away.
0: This girl needed a swift kick to the vagina. (laughs) Just like she is entering pissing me off at a
1: Dane level.
0: And it's just, like, for no fucking reason does she yeah, need she to be in this mean.
1: Chill, girl, chill. But what the actual fuck at Jack 2.0? oh? It was, I just didn't see it coming. It was crazy that he just walks up and is like, who's Violet Soren Gale? And Dean's like, ah, ha, ha, it's me. And he snaps her goddamn neck. I gasped. Me like, too. I was like What? It was a very not-so-gentle reminder that Rebecca Yaros is a savage. She gives you all these side characters only to kill off, and this is only 10% into the book. So it's like, buckle in, bitches. Yeah. (laughs) That trigger warning in the beginning was there for a reason. needed. And then Violet goes apeshit, rightfully so. She says, I'm Violet Sorengeal, and no one else will die in my name. Like, yes, girl! get him yes <laughs> I know she's like a little person I'm just picturing her against this like beefed up psychopath like I'm fucking violent. <laughs> I obviously didn't
0: want her to die but I was like I love this attitude that she has like either I win or die because this punk isn't gonna kill me like I've faced worse I fucking fought the venom so this little yeah. punk ass bitch ain't True. gonna kill me and I She's just giving so much bad bitch energy.
1: I love this for her this entire book. Me too. And this fight scene is so vivid. The way she slides under him and clips the tendons alongside his knee. Oh, great. I mean, then she stabs him in the kidney while he's pinning her and chokes her to death. Holy shit. And then before he dies, he confirms he was sent by Saggy Ball Atos (laughs) and says... Secrets die with people who keep them. But the bad bitch fights off a concussion and is just like, let me throw this body off of me, fucking drenched in his blood. Like, oh, bad ass.
0: Yes. And she ends up killing him too. So thank God we don't have to deal with him.
1: Yeah, that's why she's drenched. Not like off blood.
0: Fucking. It wasn't like the Jack thing in the other book where he kept being alive. And I was like, D- why aren't we killing this guy sooner? Because he kept doing bad shit. Yeah, at that so point, like- she
1: didn't want to kill people. And she wasn't trained by Zayden. Now, she's got not only the weapons, but also is a little like, bit more like Kind of like ruthless. the physical stamina as yeah. well to, like, kill someone. um mm-hmm. Zayden
0: is waiting in her bedroom for her. I was like, put so many exclamation points next to that because I was like, (laughs) yes, he's back because it'd been eight days. So it wasn't seven days. We had to wait eight days. And I was like, okay, are they going to keep doing this to us? And she goes sleeping next to him. I'd break for sure. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'd be on my fucking knees right now
1: sucking that guy's dick. Like, I don't know (laughs) what to tell you. Sadly. They don't fuck, but they do have a talk about how second year is all about desensitizing death. There's something said along the lines of first year is when some of us lose our lives, and second year is when the rest of us lose our humanity.
0: Which I don't even want to know what we're considering third year at this point. Right. right. Because you're already worse. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Zayden's letters are so fucking cute. But I was immediately triggered when they started showing up at the beginning of the
1: chapters like this again makes me feel like they're going to die. And I Uh. don't like it. And fuck Professor Corey noticing. Well, it might be Kaori, but again, not sure on the pronunciations. Apologies, Rebecca. But fuck him. He notices Indarna and is telling people he saw a new black dragon. Right. And And they did all this to try to sneak her in.
0: Right. But they don't know it's Andarna. They just... True. They're just like, it's another black dragon. But obviously, I feel like Kaori is like kind of connecting the dots a little bit because Andarna isn't showing up. And all of a sudden, there's
1: this new black dragon. Okay. When you say it that way, it makes me think, okay, maybe he is a good guy. And he's just so majorly nerding out on the dragons.
0: Yeah. I just feel like he's one of those teachers that... I don't know if he's in on everything, but he definitely does everything for selfish reasons. And the fact that he's obsessed with knowing about dragons, I feel like he would totally be the character to like steal in Darna and do these tests and oh shit on her. And I think that's why, you know, there's a scene later on where he's letting Varish punish Violet for not letting in Darna show up. And he's kind of just like going along with it. Like, He's like, I really want to see her. Like, I bet she's the new fucking black dragon. Like, I want to see her.
1: And Varsh's reaction to Indarna not showing up is fucking nuts. Honestly wanted Tarn to just eat him. Just eat him. Yeah. Don't let him talk to her like this. (laughs) Solve our fucking
0: problems. Darn. (laughs) I love Violet's clap back at him, though, when he says, quite the necklace you've got there because she had bruises around her neck from when that guy tried to choke her out and kill her. And she was like, yes, it was very expensive. It cost someone their life. Like, Mike, fucking drop. (laughs) I was like, got that fist pump in the air reading this. (laughs) Like, let's go. (laughs) But what also is pissing me the fuck off about this guy was that Tarn says and emphasizes dragons don't answer to humans. Like you can't make the dragon show up. That's not how it fucking works. And the fact that he's still like, oh, well, I'm going to punish Violet because guess what? She's under my jurisdiction. And, you know, like I can punish her because she's a human and she's answering to me. And it's just again like Tarn can we just start barbecuing people that are pissing us off like let's not who cares
1: fuck this guy and Varish mentions something about Violet's dad writing a book on feather tails before he died essentially which Indarna goes suspiciously quiet about I was like I'm sorry what I
0: know and it's like she ended up bonding to a feather tail. Like, is yeah. this coincidental? Or was, you know, the dad
1: kind of like pushing it in that direction? Right. Like what? it's just like like what the fuck? We start seeing assassination attempts on everyone who went to Resin. So I had a feeling Bodhi was gonna die instantly. Like if anyone got assassinated, it would be Bodhi because he's basically taking over the role of Liam which was stressing me out so bad, but he lives. Another <laughs> spoiler for another book. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. He lives for another book. So still freaking out though because, like you said, the Jasenia clip snippets are like, yeah, anxiety Ooh. through the roof, people. Yeah, Varish continues to harass Violet by checking her bags before she flies off because he is not able to get it to show up, but he's he basically sure like, is I'm going to
0: do something to fuck with you. Yeah. And yeah, he's definitely antagonist number one for me right now. Like, I fucking hate him. Like, he's just, he just thinks he has so much power and it's just so annoying. Like, he needs to be knocked down a pedestal. Like, he just sucks.
1: Oh, yeah. So finally, it's Violet's turn to fly to Zayden and she finds him fist fighting in the pits. Yummy. (laughs) They flirt after, also yummy. Then they kiss. Even yummier. Honestly, fucking delicious. <laughs> like, this is one of those kissing scenes where I was like, mm-mm-mm. Violet goes, yep, turned on like a moth to a fucking flame when referring to even the darkest parts of him. Ugh, when he's like, we
0: don't always need a bed, my thighs clench. I was like, literally me
1: too. Like, my thighs instantly, boop. Together. <laughs> <laughs> these are the quotes Carly and I was referring to when we were saying, mm, Zayden, he's coming over with these amazing fluffy quotes this book. He says, I want you more than my next breath, but I can't fuck you into looking at me like you used to. Ugh,
0: I was <laughs> my legs like a little school girl like what kind of crack is she putting into these books because (laughs) i just
1: am so like the biggest smile on my face like this is amazing he even has another one right after that it's not only like one here and there it's like throughout this book he goes i'm begging you don't offer me your body unless you're offering me everything I want you more than I want to fuck you I want those three little words back the fact that he knows she loves him too but he wants to hear her say it anyways it's just so fluffy (laughs) honestly fucking annoying though that he's always going to keep secrets like what the fuck this is pissing me off again we're talking about secrets
0: Yeah, like, again, I understand his part, but also I wouldn't want to be with someone that I always knew was going to hide shit from me. Like, he says, all you have to do is ask and most likely I'll tell you. Like, how can you build trust with her if she just has to come up with every little thing to fucking ask you? Like, it just doesn't, I don't agree with it
1: at all. Violet takes it upon herself to start doing ward research so that they can extend the wards and also start the wards at Orisha. So she learns that a rider's powers imbue the alloy that extend wards, so those little daggers that they were using. I think it's sus, though, that those daggers, when she touches them, makes her nauseous now that her powers have grown. I had a couple of thoughts here. One, maybe... It has to do with her new growing power from Indarna, right? Possibly. Because Rebecca Yaros did confirm there's little hints here and there about it. And there's other parts where she's by different imbued items and she kind of has like these super excessive feelings. Mm -hmm. Or two, that's just how everyone feels around those things. But there's no way to confirm that because it hasn't been mentioned yet. So Right, and... Also it's from her
0: point of view so it's like right. you can't
1: you can't know how other people are reacting to right. it.
0: I definitely think it's the former of what you said. Something to do with the second segment.
1: Yeah, so I'm just throwing that theory out there right now. <laughs> we'll we'll follow back up on if that's true or not, but I'm excited to see what her next power is. Skip forward. Varish punishes Violet for not bringing Indarna to the flight practice the second time. D-
0: seriously i'm
1: going to fucking kill someone if someone doesn't fucking kill this guy like
0: i am so (laughs) over him i just like we're not even that far into the book and i was like i can't keep doing this like i can't keep it's like jack all over again except
1: on steroids like i just can't right because he can control her exactly so fucked she's tortured by being forced to strike lightning until she can't And Varish, the sadistic asshole he is says another one just to prove you can listen to orders and she physically of course cannot stop that last bolt and burns out leaving her skin actually burned like a sunburn and hot to the touch and just i was i was like you i was like fuck this guy he is yeah. trying
0: to kill her and he's just like getting away with it too because he's a teacher it's so annoying not okay and I love how in this moment she just wants Zayden like he's totally her comfort and it made my heart so happy like they have to be end game they're gonna get through this like she wouldn't just be saying that if she didn't love him and like yeah. want to be with him
1: if you're feeling like you're dying and that's who you're thinking about I'm pretty sure you're meant to be there's also another major part in part one called RSC aka Rider Survival Course Basically what it is is there's two tests randomly in your second year where you can be kidnapped and tortured for the purpose of training. The first test is actually an RSC map test. And the fact that these idiots, when they're kidnapped for this test, drink the water offered to them, I instantly was like, dude, have you never watched a movie? (laughs) Like, come on. No, even more dumb When they go, oh, it tastes weird. You deserve to lose your connection to your dragons at this (laughs) point.
0: I was super sus about this because it says that leadership has never done something like this before. And I'm just like, why would leadership try and come up with ways to weaken the people that are supposed to go out and protect the wards? It's not like this is going to give to... Venon or at least at this point we didn't fucking know that like they're giving it to the writers like I just don't understand that but later we find out that it has to do with suppressing Venon and you know what they can do which we have theories on later we'll go
1: through it I was dying laughing after their powers are stripped the way they just stare at the infantry squad and the infantry squad stares back at them (laughs) they're just like uh Uh. (laughs) what are we supposed to do with you (laughs) and then when the infantry asks what to do if they come across a dragon of course smartass riddick is like first we choose a sacrifice and then we offer it and run riddick's comical relief throughout this book was gold dude yes (laughs) he is the golden retriever cinnamon roll yeah (laughs) of this book honestly so is sawyer too (laughs) true very true He's a little more of a softy, though. Thomas, one of the leaders like Rhiannon is, dies saving an idiot infantry cadet who runs from a dragon. It's so frustrating because it's not the rider's fault that they're pussies, but they die for it. Fuck that. I was furious at this exercise. I thought the whole thing was bullshit, considering they have different maps on top of it and are being hunted. Like... Give him a fucking compass or something. Like, who cares? It was just so frustrating. Yeah.
0: Of course, we can't just have only one evil character. We have to have more than one. And the next one that we get introduced to is Markham, which is the head scribe. And definitely evil. (laughs) Yes. So the first hint of, you know, him being evil is when a kid makes a request to just send you out the archives. And gets dragged away, and then is found mysteriously beaten to death in his room. And later you find out that he was killed because he was looking into his family's death from a battle most likely involving Venon and Wyvern that Navarre wanted to keep a secret. Plus, kind of the whole thing tying in Markham is that Jesenia couldn't find that information. So she pushes up the request to Markham, who is, you know, a higher scribe than her. So maybe he can find the information. And, you know, she wasn't trying to get him killed. But, you know, she sees him getting in trouble and she's like, fuck, like that was probably because of me. And. Violet also has the realization that Jasenia has been protecting her the whole time because when last year she came to her and wanted a book, Jasenia didn't record it. And that's because Jesenia kind of like, OK, I like Violet, like I trust her. And also she's like, this could maybe get you in trouble. So I'm not going to, you know, write it down and yeah. let anyone know that you're
1: looking into this. She has really good instincts because that brainiac bad bitch knew in her gut the archives were incomplete on purpose and volunteers to actually help Violet find the information she's looking for. I also love that Jasenia asks for a copy of the fable in return. Her need for knowledge just makes her the best scribe and is totally why her and Violet are so close cuz Violet is the same way. She just has to know, mm-hmm. right? We also get Poison Queen Violet back at it again. She saves Salone during her first challenge on the mats. I am so happy Violet
0: finally gets snappy with her. Like, put that fucking bitch in her place. And then the fact that she holds Liam's letters over her head. Like, you need to basically stop being a fucking bitch and, like, let us help you. Let me help you or let Emojin help you train. And then I'll give you his letters Like, she needs to stop the I hate you, Violet, train. Like, this is unnecessary.
1: Agreed. Emojan not only starts helping Salone with training, but she also helps Violet by giving some little hint hints. She basically says, you're lying to yourself if you think a guy like Zayden won't have secrets. That's super important. Plus, she says he's doing it in some ways to protect her. Like just fucking love him already, Violet. Stop holding yourself back. Why? Because you're holding us. The, you're holding as the us readers back. back. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, Imogen tells her, just because ignoring friends works for Zayden doesn't mean you have to. Right. So it's not
0: like she's just totally all team Zayden, agreeing with everything that he says. Right.
1: She's just giving her
0: two cents, which she, she needed to hear all of Right, that, and honestly. she's kind of taking over this role that Ree had with her last book because, you she know, knows she everything. can't. Yeah, so she's like, even though Emojin doesn't want to be that, <laughs> she kind As of. As she
1: has literally stated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Throughout this whole time, she's constantly getting fucked over by leadership and not able to see Zayden, which is so Freaking frustrating. It's like they would go to each other's spots, but then leadership would purposely like send Zayden out. And then he finally shows up. Thank God. But early and she needs to go exchange a book with Jesenia. So not just a book, the book. Yeah, it's related to the wards, which Zayden basically told her, don't fucking look into it. And she was like, nah, bitch, we gonna figure this out. Yeah. So (laughs) she ends up telling him, the plan to, you know, use Jasenya as a scribe ally. And I was like, see, Zayden, it's not hard to just tell people things instead of making him fucking guess what her right. involvement is. And also, when he says, I just want to meet her to see if she's trustworthy, immediately was like, he's a fucking mind reader. Like, dude, you called that shit. Yeah. I, again, looking
1: at all those fucking details (laughs) that's insane I did not pick up on that I was cackling laughing though (laughs) Because, (laughs) because right after that they're silently fighting in their minds which they do multiple times throughout the book but Rhi and Riddick are standing outside of the door and they're like I think they're fighting but without words,
0: <laughs> like you could just imagine like just them having facial expressions
1: yeah. and you're like, there are no it's <laughs> coming out of their mouths. <laughs> what a weird ass couple. I'm glad she threw the selective truths back at him, though. Like, how does your own medicine taste, buddy? Yeah, for real. You like that? <laughs>
0: They end up running into Nolan, the mender, on the way to Jasenia, and he looks like shit. And Nolan just casually says, hard work mending a soul. And I was like, is he joking? And why are we not more concerned that he just said that? Dude, that was weird. Like, whose fucking soul... Are you me- like what? And it's totally really fucking important later, too. So it's like, yeah, could have figured some shit out right here.
1: Yeah. And just so casually mentioned in passing. Whatever. No big deal. Yo, Tarn's fucking power move, though, totally putting Varish in his place and almost killing Solus, his one eyed, ugly dragon. Dude, yes. When Tarn says, only a writer can be
0: a vice commandment without a dragon. You are no writer like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> and also tells him to get on his knees to apologize to Violet. Like just mm-hmm. amazing. I hate this guy more than Jack now. Like Jack oh, yeah. plus Dane equals Varish at this point. Like fuck. He is the absolute worst. Like, I know Venom are like the bad people in this, but like Varish is
1: just also right like, underneath. He may be Venom, but we'll get into that. We'll get yeah, into yeah. that. It's, we hate him regardless. <laughs> Again, yeah, we hate him. <laughs> she gets into this fight with Ree,
0: and it honestly just hurt my soul because. I just need her to tell her at this point. Like, I'm putting my full faith that Rhiannon is good. Like, I don't want her to have to hide anything anymore. It's making me sad
1: that Rhiannon is sad about it. I just want them all to be, you know, close friends again. Rhiannon even says, I'd rather you scream at me than pretend everything's all right with silence. And Violet decides, okay, there's at least one truth I can give her. This was one of the parts I was tearing up when she finally starts opening up to re and telling her the truth and reliving losing Liam. Right. So she like doesn't
0: tell her everything, but she definitely alludes to the fact that like something went on in resin. That was not right. Because I'm pretty sure everyone thinks that uh, it was Griffin. Yeah. So she's kind of like alluding to the fact that like, you know, it wasn't what they've been telling everyone that actually happened. And at the end, Violet says this quote, We are weapons in this place is the stone that they use to sharpen us like boom fucking truth. Like they are not seen as people. Leadership will do whatever the fuck they want with them and not give a shit. Like even though they have dragons and they're fucking badass and they go through all these trainings and blah, blah, blah. Like they are
1: disposable in one of the letters. Zayden leaves for Violet. He says, In the years after my father died, I forgot what it felt like to be loved. Then I entered the quadrant and became the monster everyone needed me to be. But then you gave those words to me, and I remembered. How does this simultaneously break my heart and hold it together?
0: Again, he just has a way with words. Yes.
1: (laughs) Fluffy, fluffy, fluff. I'm so glad that they also did not check tarn for delivery bags of weapons every time they left to go visit Zayden she even notes the bags vibrate with energy again another part where she's like kind of hinting at feeling weird shit from these daggers right and gets weird feelings from them even when Zayden showed her before which that's just like that's too much to be coincidental right I agree yeah it's again second signet's got
0: to be hinting at it in some yeah. sort of way yeah this time, when she gets to Samara, Mira is there. Not loving that Mira still doesn't like Zayden and is disappointed that Violet is now in a relationship or whatever the fuck they are with her. But, you know, whatever. She'll come around. <laughs> Love the part at the end where she's just kind of like over the sappy bullshit and she's like, ugh, let's just go throw knives at shit. <laughs>
1: While they're throwing daggers, Violet asks Mira about wards, but she still doesn't know shit because apparently it's all classified, which I kind of thought was suspicious considering her signet, Mira's signet, is warding, but whatever. There's. I think she just
0: kind of like goes along with whatever she's told. Like she's yeah. a good soldier. Like she's not, she's like, oh, I have respect for my, you know, leadership people. I'll just, I'll just listen to them.
1: Yeah. And then Violet also tries to subtly recruit her, pointing to the truth. But Mira's just like, you need sleep. Ugh. Mira. Ugh.
0: I know. I feel so bad for Violet because, you know, she doesn't have her sister. She's lying to her best friends. And Zayden won't tell her the whole truth. She she's basically has no one that she can talk to. Yeah. She's kind of like alone with everything.
1: Right. And she does get some important information during this trip because Zayden tells Violet the infantry are killing civilians trying to find refuge and acts like that's normal. Yeah, I know. I was like, they're just subtly dropping. Like they don't give a
0: shit at all. Like right. so terrible. Like these people aren't even like trying to start a rebellion. They're just literally like, we're fleeing. We need, you know, somewhere refuge, else yeah. to stay. And they're just getting fucking murdered.
1: It's it's fucked, but they kind of just gleam over that and we get into this kind of fluffy swoon moment where there's bed cuddles with Zayden and the way he whispers, you love me to remind himself, but she still won't say it hurt my soul. But also if he can read her mind, I'm like, you already know, bro. I know. I
0: mean, he can read her intentions. Which is why I feel like he keeps... Yeah. He keeps, like, kind of, like, reiterating it to her. Like, I, I
1: know. Like, I know how you feel. But, you know, he mm. can't say that yet. Yeah, true. <laughs> We're back at basketh and Dane challenges Violet because she's refusing to speak to him. I... On top of her being injured, I go into instant panic mode. He is so desperate to talk to her, and that fucking prick... Even lays her out with the hurt shoulder. Dude, seriously? Then is like, I had no clue. I told my dad, but I was saying, I'll miss you because you chose him. Not I'll miss you because I'm sending you to your death. Right. At this point, I didn't know if I wanted to believe him yet. He he really was going to have to prove himself. And he kind of does.
0: Yeah, Dane ends up spilling a truth that Zayden has yet to reveal to Violet that Lilith was the one who put the scars on Zayden's back, which I feel like is definitely some really important information. Oh, yeah. That the mom and Zayden
1: have not shared with her yet. And how the fuck does Dane know that? Because Dane's a little fucking shit fuck. <laughs> yeah, he is a brown noser.
0: Rhiannon also overhears Violet make a comment under her breath about assassinations, and we get a little bit more of some truth revealed to her. Basically, Violet tells her that You know, leadership is targeting and killing those related to the attack in resin. And she also admits that Dane stole her memories. So now Rhiannon's on. I mean, Rhiannon was gonna go with the "fuck you," Dane train.
1: Oh yeah, because
0: Violet obviously established that in the beginning. But she had no idea why, and now she's like, "Okay, yeah, we fucking hate him."
1: Yeah, because she's kind of saying, "Oh, he took something from me." And then she sees them fight on the mats and is like, "All right." Like something's going on here and like I want the whole truth. What the hell did he take from you? (laughs) So the big reason I think at this point why Violet is not telling Rhiannon or her friends everything is not only because she doesn't know that they're blocking and she wants to keep them safe, but also because RSC interrogations are coming up. So going into these interrogations, I kept thinking about how Mira had said, if you don't break, they can accidentally torture you to death. And if you do break, they'll kill you for it. So you know this shit is going to be intense. Varsh, of course, involves himself in her squad's interrogation was honestly so predictable that they would give them signet-blocking elixir again.
0: I mean, at least they were smarter this time and they didn't actually you know, yeah. drink
1: it. <laughs> and thank God. And when Rhiannon was like, we can't reach our dragons, you tricked us. <laughs> And I think Solid it was Corey, acting. right? Yeah, <laughs> Corey or Markima, whoever was like, lesson number one, we're always in scenarios. <laughs> I was dying laughing. The acting skills were extremely subpar and the dude was like, hell yeah, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> so Violet ends up being the only one put in a chair strapped down the rest or chained to a wall. And she seems to get the worst of the beatings. Rhiannon says something like, it's going to take a lot more than that to break us. And Violet's like, I couldn't agree more. Don't watch. And then she braces herself. This squad ain't the iron squad for nothing, honey. (laughs) Bring it.
0: Of fucking course, Dane is brought in by Varish for the interrogations. And then super shocking on top of it, Varish is Dane's teacher, which means that their signets have to be somewhat related. So then you're like, what the fuck is his signet? And of course, this is asshole teaching asshole. But Dane kind of ends up shocking me by advocating for Violet and refuses to read her mind. And I was like, okay, like maybe you're not a bad guy. I mean, like
1: you're a bad guy, but you're not on the bad guy's side. Yeah. You start to kind of see him go against leadership, which you never saw before. Nolan ends up coming in after Violet is... Beaten the fuck out of by Varish to the point where her shoulder is dislocated and she blacks out. So he's healing her and tells her Varish plans on extending the torture training to shatter her again and again. Basically warning, get the fuck out ASAP, okay? Was kind of confused originally how Violet's knife opened the lock, but it's revealed later that it's because Zayden put runes on it. So they do manage to escape and get the patch that has not been won in over a decade. I just remember thinking, thank God. Could you imagine if they hadn't escaped? Exactly. I think it would have been one of those situations Mira referred to where like, you accidentally die. Oops. Y- yeah, accidentally in quotations. Because <laughs> it quote. would have been purposeful. Okay, so walking into Battle Brief, there's these leaflets on every single desk that says Zoila has fallen, which is another city outside of the wards. It specifically states dragons with blue fire, a.k.a. werven, caused 10,000 lives lost. Clearly, this is illegally printed. The ink is fresh. I was like, holy shit, someone printed these and there's going to be trouble. You find out later it was actually Professor DeVura who totally was giving some low-key ally vibes throughout. Right. But at this point, we didn't know who it was originally. And it's cool to see that professors are on the revolution side as well. And then all of a sudden, I'm sorry, Jack Barlow is alive. If I that was not sigh.
0: already <laughs> raging, like it, Rebecca, not necessary to bring this man back. And also, why the fucking shit is Nolan reviving him? Like, why the fuck? Does anyone care about Jack? Also, how the fuck did he survive at this point? We didn't fucking know how. You're like, what? He was crushed by a fucking mountain. Like, what the fuck? Also, do not fucking trust him, Violet. Like, we already have Varish, who, you know, took the place of him being the asshole dickwad towards Violet. And now we have to then deal with Jack coming back. It's like Sloane's being a bitch. Varish is a Fucking asshole. Dane, fuck you still. And now we have this motherfucker back? Yeah. I I just can't. It's too much. I just can't.
1: I'm fucking pissed. I'm honestly, I'm pissed. But at the same time, I'm like, Rebecca's doing her job right. Because I can't stop reading. Exactly. Like, again,
0: who the fuck would have ever thought of that?
1: No, no, no. Even more importantly, though, Zayden was hurt so professor Devara proves she's an ally hinting zayden is what the one that got hurt because they're mentioning in battle brief oh this city or this outpost was attacked samara the one that zayden works at and oh one person was injured but no deaths and professor devar is like yo i'm scratching my neck subtly but violet look at me because this is where his you know what's that mark called? Relic Relic mark. mark yeah yeah violet of course freaks out but it also might be Tarn influencing her feelings if her shield fell at all. Regardless, go get your man. <laughs> For real. I love that she was just like, fuck the consequences. Like, I'm
0: leaving. I'm going to go. And I'm so fucking weak. When she rolls up and he's not even hurt and he's just sparring with Gary.
1: <laughs> and we're like, there was no reason to come. <laughs> right. I mean, that's your first reaction. And you're thinking, okay, is Devera actually trying to get her screwed over? But then you find out that he was healed by a mender signet and had actually almost lost his arm in the course of saving the outpost. No surprise there, though, because he's a shadow daddy. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Slay. I fucking can't with this scene. But in a good way. He's territorial over Bodhi's jacket. He goes, oh, you were worried about me, swoon. So annoying, yet so cute. It's just mind boggling.
0: (laughs) One thing that was getting me at this point was the fact that Zayden would say he wanted Violet and even said he fell for her, but never actually says I love you, which is what he wants Violet to say
1: to him. And I was like, dude, I think if you just said I love you, we'd be good. Yeah. A-okay. He also says, I'm never in control when it comes to you. Like, okay, I'm swooning again and I kind of forgive you. I'm not as annoyed with you anymore because he keeps dropping these fucking quotes that just make your stomach sparkle. But at the same (laughs) time, fucking say it. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yes, bitch, she finally takes out her hair to get him to cave. I got to say, have you noticed Rebecca Yarrow's? writes particularly juicy makeouts like best ever all-consuming just everything and this makeout scene was one of those makeout scenes
0: like the fucking kisses are so magical that it makes you feel like they're actually fucking
1: yes and they finally do fuck thank god Cause I mean, how long are we gonna have to hold out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, a little We're not to celibate over here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you've already fucked before. Come on. But the hooking, the hand over the shoulder move though, honestly a favorite. I saw some fan art of this that we will share on our page and I messaged the artist and was like Fuck yes. These are the kind of scenes I want brought to life. <laughs> like, <For real? laughs> applause, people. I love that shit. <laughs> after we get down and dirty,
0: they meet up with the Griffins, and instantly I'm put off by this bitch who's making some googly eyes at Zayden. Like, but no. Yeah, I know he's hot,
1: but you don't get to look at him like that. Yeah. Plus, the way she glares at Violet after learning her name, super jealous. It's just giving jealousy.
0: Yeah. And then realizing like, shit, they've actually fucked because they were started bantering too well. Zayden and that girl, like you're like, all right, they're not total strangers. Like there's something going on. And then her name is fucking cat, which is the cat that Bodie earlier had mentioned that he wasn't supposed to tell Violet about because he was telling Violet that, you know, he's never seen Zayden care about someone so much as he even cares cat. about Violet. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking says even cat. And then we're like, Wait. all right, who's this fucking bitch? Because we never knew that he was ever romantically interested in someone before. Like we knew right. he got around, got his dick wet. But that's different than caring about someone right so now i got fucking beef with this griffin rider
1: we learn that viscount takaris who a lot of the griffins are associated with has the luminary that makes the weapons the revolution needs but wants to see violet wield lightning in trade zayden won't allow it because takaris is known for hoarding rare things including people and he says, ugh, another one-liner, I told you, Norisha, I would rather lose this entire war than live without you. Who the fuck even says shit like that? I love it. <laughs> I love it. And then this whole time, and Darn is just snoozing away in the dreamless sleep, but longer than normal. So a little bit of a red flag there. We're a bit concerned for her, but then we just keep moving on with the plot. So I'm kind of like in the back of my head, just another thing to stress about. Professor Emrito and Professor Kaori are giving ally vibes for a moment here. Kaori roasts the shit out of Varish, which is interesting because he is the one, I believe, that was with Varish when they were punishing Violet, right? Yes. And now he's saying to Varish, power must always be kept in check. Don't you think, Major Varish? And he's like, are you accusing me of abusing my power? Oh no. I think you abuse your power in general.
0: <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> finally someone is stepping up to this fucking dick. Like- yeah.
1: It's clear that even the professors are sick of his bullshit. He just started here. Like, this is one semester in, homie. If that. <laughs> For real. Varish makes it sound like he can control his crack ass dragon. <laughs> Crack ass dragon <laughs> is so it's the
0: perfect description. Accurate. We got a crackass dragon, we got a crack ass guy fucking As bull Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he says to and this is super important. He says to Violet, maybe you struggle. Some of us do not bow to the whims of our dragons. In fact, we influence them. He is totally a Venon. That is just That's like almost confirming it in a
0: way. Because we learn later that Venom can actually control their dragons. So obviously if he's controlling his dragon, his dragon maybe wasn't as much of a fucking crackass. He's the main crackass. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> We have yet another not-so-fucking-random search on Violet by fuckface. <laughs> and this time, she actually has an alloy dagger on her. But Ree, being the fucking badass that she is, uses her signet to pull the dagger and save Violet, which then prompts Violet to spill the beans on everything. Which I was like, yes, Finally, Violet is going to tell her homies what's up, which is re Riddick and Sawyer. I I, yeah, I, was just getting sick of them being in the dark. Like they deserve to know everything and make their choice on whether or not to be involved. And obviously, if they're really close with Violet, they're going to be good people. So, you know, they're going to be siding with the revolution, which they did. And honestly, having more minds working on how they're going to fix the wards, the better. Like only Violet at this point was working on it. And now we have all of them participating.
1: Speaking of more minds, surprisingly, the mind of Riddick, our little golden retriever, goofball, joke cracking character, is the one that comes to the rescue instantly like, oh. Remember those journals of the two of the first six kept in the royal sublevel vault? It was totally one of those moments where he's like, I know something you guys don't. Yeah. What?
0: (laughs) I'm smarter than you?
1: Right. (laughs) Not the typical situation with Rick. One of the first detailed assassination attempts are on Aya and Violet, where a bunch of infantry come up to the tower that they're supposed to be on watch at and are hired to kill them And saying, of course, again, secrets die. Aya does die and Violet almost falls to her death. And, of course,
0: Jack freaking Barlow is the one to save her yet again from another assassination attempt, which I'm still like, no way are you a good guy. I don't care what anyone says. I will never trust you. Let's kill this guy off. Like, he saves her and then
1: she pitches him over the edge like audio amigo in the meantime Jessenia has been looking for the sub-level vault that riddick mentioned and finds it but it requires royal blood for access so they enlist the help of rx cam aka the prince bomb drop reveal before they go to the vault that zayden actually killed Arik's older brother which is why rx hates zayden On the way to the vault, Zayden shows off his shadow skills, blending into the shadows almost completely, is able to tell with his shadows if the area is clear and he can form blades as sharp as the one he carries. These are important to note because with the way things ended and how powers can only get stronger, I can't imagine what Rebecca Yaros is going to come up with. Maybe a shadow dragon that would be kind of sick for real
0: like the possibilities are honestly pretty endless with him. Mhm. I love when they get to the vault and Eric has to pull people in. Because he's the one of royal blood and he decides to get a little revenge on Zayden by only pulling Violet through the wards and not (laughs) him. And Violet says she looks back at Zayden and he's just in full fuck you mode. I was dying like so clear in my mind what that would look like. And with the shadows too, like I can see the shadows kind of like building behind (laughs) his face is like, you motherfucker.
1: (laughs) I loved that. They find the books, thankfully, but of course it's down to the wire since they can only stay an hour tops before the wards will actually kill you. Ark barely makes it, but is pulled through by Zayden as his shadows hold the door open longer. I feel like this really brought them to a truce. Right. He was like, okay,
0: you know, I still hate you in a way because you killed my brother, but like obviously you're not trying to
1: kill me. Right. So like, fine. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of good. Zayden takes Warwick's journal, which is one of the two journals, which as they flip through it, they instantly see it mentions the Wardstone and Iron Rain. My first thought when they said Iron Rain was it must actually mean Iron Flame, the book title. Like, hello. Right. Yeah. I was like, why don't you guys know this? But they don't
0: know that there's a book title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And- like, you guys are dumb. Okay. <laughs> well, I know more than you. <laughs> Everything is going well. You know, like they got the book woohoo! no one find out. But of course, we can't be happy because immediately when Nolan gave her that bond breaking signet doling drink, I was like, girl, we cannot be accepting drinks from anyone anymore. Like if you're not getting it yourself, you can't be drinking it. Right. Because she ends up getting taken. She wakes up tied to a chair. And I was like, okay, Nolan, this better be like one of those torture exercises for the class. But no, she was actually betrayed by Nolan. Who's been mending her, her whole life. And they find out that, you know, the, there was actually an alarm tripped in the archives. And they also found Lyra's journal on her. So
1: they know that she's looking into shit that she's not supposed to be. I Did not see Nolan betraying her happening. And bringing her to the brig, handing her to Varish on a silver platter on top of it. Fucked. Yeah. So fucked. That's ultimate betrayal. Plus, it's all behind her mom's back, who is the boss of everyone. Right. So, I mean, I don't understand Nolan. Are you Varish's little slave puppy? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. They have a weird relationship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: violet is interrogated by varish and nolan with the help of nora who has a truth sayer signet and they're basically just wanting her to reveal the who what and why is she stealing that journal also wants her to admit what actually happened at resin and this is the first time that we're introduced to this truth sayer signet which Violet says the, is the only signet more terrifying than an intrinsic. And yet we let them live because they kill off intrinsics. They're like, fuck that. But right. if you have a truth sayer signet, they're like, oh, I think we can kind of like manipulate this one enough to work with us.
1: A few things are working in her favor in this situation. <laughs> One, they can't get into the vault and don't know what all is missing. Two, they're afraid to even alert the king. And three, she knows they caught no one else. So she's going to use her only weapon she has access to, her mind. And she's a goddamn genius who evades all questions with partial truths, which Zayden has taught her very well. This entire part of the book, I wanted to kill Varish, which that's not that unusual from the rest of the book. But this part in particular... Slow, brutal death. That's what you deserve. This guy is disgusting. For real. I was like, he better get
0: in trouble from this. Like, I was worried that maybe they were going to find her and then they'd be like, oh, it's just RSC. And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, then it's fine. Like, whatever. Oh, Lord. I think what really broke me, though, about this part was when she was hallucinating Liam. Like... She's just brutally disfigured getting the shit fucking tortured out of her. And she's just talking to Liam this whole time in one of the things she says, but it's only my body they've broken. I haven't spoken a single word. Like, I was just like, yes, Violet, like, you are strong. You're going to make it through this. And, like, she keeps telling Liam, like,
1: don't leave me. Don't leave me. Like, ugh. Fuck, dude. I was so glad he stayed even when Varish came back. It reminds me of, and this is not really a spoiler, but in Throne of Glass, there's this one part that is particularly brutal in that series with the same kind of thing. And it's the same emotions pulled from you. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. During one of those torture sessions, Varish actually reveals his classified signet as seeing people's weaknesses, which makes him so good at interrogation. And at first I thought, thank God she can shield. But then he goes, do you want to know what I see now that we've cut off your power? The people you love is your weakness. R.I.P. And then he admits Reorson deserted days ago. Like fuck, he's setting a trap for Zayden. I know, and I was like, okay, well,
0: I really hope that Zayden isn't the one to come save her because then yeah. he's just gonna take Zayden
1: too, and then they're both gonna be getting tortured together, right? Because he says that Zayden had a slip up of his shield as well, and this is kind of cute though. Zayden's weakness is Violet, so he's just it's gonna obviously use Violet. made for I each mean, other. Yeah.
0: Come on. <laughs> I love that she keeps her sharp tongue throughout all of these days of torture. And one part in particular, when she's taunting Varish with Solus, Violet says, Does Solus enjoy hiding? You're hunting Zayden, but Tarn is hunting Solus. You're the weaker on both counts. I might die in this chamber, but I promise you will. Like, fuck you,
1: <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. Dane, again, is brought in since they are not getting answers fast enough from her. Even though Dane reveals she's been tortured for five fucking days, Homegirl has held out for five whole goddamn days against Varish, who is known for being this absolutely brutal torturer. So, I did think it was really weird, though, that Varish outs that Dane is in love with Violet. like. Do you want his help? Kind of a weird tactic. Yeah, honestly, Dana is just so easily
0: manipulated. I had so much anxiety going through this scene. Like it made me want to curl up in a ball and die. (laughs) And of course, that motherfucker listens to Varish and starts reading her mind
1: again. I was seething. You love her? You? Yeah, fucking right. Bullshit. Thankfully, she forces what he can see though, and shows him the fight that lost Liam, the truth of what's out there, and her torture from Varish these last few days. And after the visions, Liam is like, "I'm here, I promise. And I still don't regret it, Violet. not one second. I was pretty much crying at that point. That was like tears are falling down my. Face. I wasn't bawling, but like that was brutal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dane tells Varish that she's smuggling weapons, which I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you can die. Actually die, Dane. But then we realize he's just pretending and stabs Varish. <laughs> and then I'm like,
1: <laughs> Woo! Dane! Yeah!
0: <laughs> um Dane is good. Like, honestly didn't see that one coming and stabbing Varish. Just give him
1: a little bit of chance with me, I'll admit it. I mean, even Violet at that point is thinking, fuck, he didn't see what I tried to show him. It's over, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I so like, glad. Okay. So, such a good little plot twist. Also, Zayden is finally here to save her. Violet's like, you came. And he goes, there's nowhere in existence you could go that I wouldn't. Find you, remember? <laughs> love, <I> love him. <laughs> Violet reiterates, "I didn't break. I didn't break." She's so worried about revealing the revolution, and Varish is a fucking dead man.
0: Oh yeah, like I love how Zayden, with no hesitation, is like, "We're killing this motherfucker before we leave. Like he's not getting out if you're alive. He tortures my girl. You're not gonna get away with that." And. I love, too, how he goes, because everyone's kind of, like, trying to decide who's just going to off him so that they can get out of there. And Zayden's like, no, the honor belongs to Violet if she wants it. And she's like, oh, she does. Like, (laughs) we get in revenge now. (laughs) And it's so sweet how he helps her kill him with the blade to the heart because she's too weak. So Zayden's
1: just like, here, let me help you stab him to death. (laughs) Aw, we love that morally Gray shit. <laughs> <laughs> Zayden breaks the rules saving her and she knows it. She says, you'll lose everything you've worked for because of me. And he goes, then I'll have everything I need. Oh, my heart fucking clenching so hard right now. And
0: we finally get the I love you quote. And this entire quote is just so perfect. And we'll put the whole thing on our Instagram, but. The main part is, this is what you get, Violet, me. The good, the bad, the unforgivable, all of it. I am yours. You want to know something true, something real. I love you. I'm in love with you. Like, yes! He finally said the words to her. Finally.
1: And I don't think she had caved and said it yet, had she? Nope, he said it first. Thank God. I mean, she technically said it first, first book, but then she Whatever, it whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. We love it. They go and break out her squad who are real homies and tried to rescue her the day before, but they were put into interrogation classroom. Then suddenly Mama V is an ally and looks worried. I was shocked that she let Garrett go after having a dagger to his throat and even hands over the signet blocking antidote to Violet. Her excuse for not helping outside of Navarre was having children and keeping them safe at all costs. Which I really feel like we could pick this
0: apart because I don't agree. Like, I understand protecting your children, but she could have decided to protect them and protect everyone beyond the it's Like It's just a very extremely selfish decision, and it just wasn't a good enough reason.
1: Yeah. Plus, even after all three of her kids are outside of the wards in Arisha, she's still chilling with Navarre. We have a few theories on why she may be doing that, but still, what
0: the fuck? Yeah. Speaking of theories, one of ours from Fourth Wing was explained, which is that her mom did not send her to the writer's quadrant to die. So her mom basically goes into explaining to Violet that she sent her there to save her because she knew that Violet would end up progressing within the scribes, not agree with leadership's decision about what they were doing with the venom in the wards and would end up being killed for it. So she sends her to the writer's quadrant, basically being like, this is her only chance at survival. And she also admits that she enlisted the help of Zayden, which is super important because he had to make sure that no one killed her outside of the challenges her first
1: year. Yeah, that's what really did it for me because at first I'm thinking she's more likely to die in the rider's quadrant. That's not helpful. But she went the extra mile enlisting Zayden's help.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I I get it, but I do feel like it was a little bit naive of her mom to think that Violet wouldn't somehow come to the truth anyways and that the writer's quadrant was the way to protect her from ever finding out the truth. Like, the fact that her mom thinks that she needs protection from the truth is so annoying. Like, she needs protection from Venom. Like,
1: it just, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Her excuses also for the knife marks on Zayden's back was that it's a tearish custom. And lastly, she acts like she has been a potential double agent admitting that she never regretted letting Zayden into the quadrant, even saying, stay alive or this will all have been for nothing to Zayden. I'm kind of like, is this foreshadowing? Yeah. Also... We get this moment where she shows emotions for the first time when she refers to her husband, saying to Violet, you're all that's left of him. But Violet's like, I'm not. Mira has his laugh, his warmth. And although her mom doesn't know this, Brennan is alive. And she's like, I have zero regrets keeping that from her. So she still doesn't trust her mom fully even hearing all these truths from her.
0: Yeah. And the mom ends up not going with them. So they're going back to Reorson house. They're like, we can't stay here anymore. And the mom's still, you know, on the side of Navarre. And I think the biggest takeaway from this is that her mom's a fucking pussy for staying. And that Violet can't <laughs> fully trust her.
1: <laughs> Zayden dropping Woven carcasses at every outpost is the reason he deserted, and the distraction he made to rescue Violet is everything. Go Zayden and Team Rebellion. That is a hell of a way to out Navarre. Violet also wants everyone at Bascaith to know the truth and have a choice while leadership is scrambled trying to clean up the Werven mess, and so they use the dragons to vouch for who wants to leave for the right reasons. Some of the dragons actually choose not to share the image of the rest and fight Violet tells Tarn to share.
0: Which this interests me because it's like, why would anyone want to lie? And I think it has something to do with whatever the Empyrean is hiding, which the Empyrean is like the dragon leadership group because Tarn says that dragons have secrets
1: that they don't tell humans. The leadership does end up coming back and interrupting this little rally that they're having. And Bodhi's signet is revealed because he blocks a massive fire bolt from one of the professors, a.k.a. he can counter signets. And then Devera is confirmed as an ally because she wants to join them and is the first out of actually a pretty decent-sized group of professors who joined the revolution. Right.
0: So 200 dragons and 101 riders actually fly and join them, plus more coming later with the hatchlings, which I would say that's a pretty good turnout out of all of them. Oh, yeah. And, At least half, I think. Right. And, and Darna is still in the dreamless sleep, which is longer than any dragon has been. And I'm just, you know worried like what's gonna happen with her and they make it back to Arisha sides have been picked and the war has officially
1: begun bitches (laughs) that's the end of part one really quick we're gonna do a would you rather so Carly would you rather have a griffin or a dragon
0: (laughs) well I would have a dragon because I'm not a fucking pussy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to take the easy way out. Like, I want the most badass thing or I don't want anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. I got to have a dragon. Griffin, cool, but like dragon, dragon, badass. Griffin <laughs> on the scale of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. We'll see you all back next week on Wednesday for Iron Flame Part 2.
1: For more, follow us on our socials, TikTok and Insta at Read It and Write It. Check out our merch on Etsy and subscribe to us wherever you're listening in. Also, our DMs are open to Would You Rather suggestions, books and topics you want covered, or you can email us at readitandwriteit@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: See you guys next episode.